0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co host. www.yagain.org, And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice.
0: Happy Monday. Happy Fourth of July. Today is July 4th, 2016. I'm Michelle Fischay, filling in for Jeannie, and I'm here today with Dr. Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call in number is 646 200 4169. Press one, and it puts you into queue to talk to our host. We encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to actively strengthen and deepen your practice. Now, let's welcome Michael in developing our inner process of Aramaic forgiveness.
2: Well, thank you, young lady, and thank you for doing the show well. Genies here in uh, Virginia, and they're actually walking across uh, about a 150-foot swinging bridge, a bridge suspended about, uh, oh, 30 feet or so above the Powell River, where when the river got high, people take the bridge across to their house on the other side of the road. And if you uh, happen to be near a computer and you want to see where I am, I just posted a a front camera and a back camera shot of – of where I am. I'm actually laying on a raft in the middle of the Powell River in uh, southern Virginia. One of those pictures, you'll see a forest right in front of me. That's what I'm looking at. And the other one, I turned the camera around and did a selfie with me with my uh, sun hat on, sitting out here in the middle of the river by myself. There's been a little bit of breeze once in a while, so there might be a little bit of microphone noise, but uh, otherwise, here I am, declaring my independence. So we... uh, we wish each of you not a happy Independence Day, but an effective Independence Day. And recognizing that this work of first century Aramaic is really all about independence. You know, there was a cartoon character that told us very succinctly where our independence lie, where the enemy was that we had to declare independence from. The cartoon character is Pogo and he said We have met the enemy and the enemy is us. There's where your independence must be declared. It's not about an enemy, it's not about a state, it's not about some other state, it's not about somebody out to get us. The real enemy the real independence that's required. Actually one of the original declarance, if that's a proper word was this man named Yeshua 2,000 years ago and he said and and he described very succinctly what true independence was about he said I am in this world but I am not of this world if you are in this world and of this world then there is no independence from anything the world runs you Against your own will and choice. No, I want to feel wonderful, but the world made me mad. They made me sad. He made me afraid. She hurt me. They upset me. They disturbed me. That is really upsetting me. And all of that means that I have no independence whatever from the content of my own mind. When I recognize that I am not my mind, that my mind has content, And if that content is consistent with who I consider myself to be or who I know that I am, then I'm going to live one way. If that content is not consistent with who I am, and when the stress is up and the chips are down, it forces words out of my mouth that afterward I say, oh, God, I never should have said that. I am so sorry I did that. I apologize for having done that to you again. It's because I have not yet declared my independence. And you don't declare your independence by saying, well, I'm independent now. That's just a fraud. That's never going to work. You declare your independence by doing the work of becoming independent. And what that means is that if you come from a thousand generations of blamers, of guilt, of fear, of hostility, of drama, of trauma, then what happens is that those repeated energetic patterns held as content within the mind when stimulated into activity will tend to take over and run your behavior. The independence is declared from the generational patterns that have run our family systems for too, too long. When you actually declare your independence, of course, you have to be in a state to declare independence from a different state, if that makes sense. So. Obviously, if I'm going to declare independence from hostility, fear, insanity, rage, guilt, grief, pain, drama, trauma, yelling at my kids, being frustrated at my spouse, rolling my eyes at my children, if I'm going to declare independence of that, I need to know what I'm going to be when I'm independent. Our best definition of that, hold a newborn child. When you hold a newborn, you will know exactly who you are. The person who is independent lives in that awesome sweet state of the presence of love 24-7, 365, no matter what is going on in their world. But if circumstance runs your life, if the wonderful things that happen and the terrible things that happen... You declare independence from them, that you treat, one of the poems along this line said something about, I wish I knew it by heart, said something about, treat both of those imposters the same, the wonderful things and the terrible things. Then you realize that they are all inferior expressions. Those that hold hostility and fear are inferior expressions of inferior states. And this, those that hold wonderful expressions are inferior copies of live states. Because many people are like, well, you know, I remember 20 years ago when things were wonderful. If I could just just get back to that state when things were wonderful. No, you don't want to get back to that state from 20 years ago, because now 20 years ago is running your life. You want to be the live Active presence of love, declaring independence from every form of hostility or fear that exists. How do you do that? The core tool in the whole process is the tool of forgiveness. Something terrible happens, and I go into great grief and pain. The grief and pain is an imposter that takes over and runs my life, and I think that my life is over that I can do nothing other than exist as this grief and pain. After all, look at this terrible thing that occurred. It's an imposter. If something terrible occurred, then, gee, something that I declare as terrible has occurred, and I am the active presence of love. I declare myself independent of that. Well, but, Michael, everybody would be upset about that. You'd have to be heartless not to be in pain about that one. Excuse me. No, I'd have to be pain-free not to be in pain about that one. I'd have to be conscious and capable of my independence of all forms of hostility or fear of the world and living as a true human being and bringing the active presence of love to that situation that, let's say, perhaps everybody in the world would say that was terrible. Okay? Okay. Let's agree. It was terrible. Now, do I come to it controlled by the terrible things in me and the pain in me? Or do I come to that very situation as the active presence of love? And do I maintain the active presence of love, whatever happens in my world? Because that's who I am. Then I have a fresh, live, moment-to-moment experience. And those things which are terrible start to transform in my presence because I am the presence of love and whatever is unlike the presence of love begins to dissolve when love is conscious, active, and present. In a nutshell, that's what this work is about. Every day is about Independence Day. You know, somebody gives you the look and you go into terror. So declare your independence from terror. Somebody says the wrong words. Somebody rips you off and you go into poverty fear they declare your independence from poverty and fear ah but my spouse cheated on me shouldn't i just be terrified and t- terrorized my partner no declare your independence from being terrorized and traumatizing your partner live as the act of presence of love well but shouldn't i get vengeance on my partner well i guess if that's what you chose to do you could but maybe you could declare independence of that and just be a space of love for your partner but Michael, look at the terrible thing they did. Hmm. Well, I guess you could call that a terrible thing and let it run your life. Or you could be the active presence of love and experience it as the active presence of love. And live present love will give you a fresh new moment-to-moment experience that you can't imagine as long as you are locked in dependence on a mind filled with hostility and fear. So in essence, that's our work. That's what we're here to do. And we're honored and delighted that you're here to share the space with us. Michelle, thank you for your support and being here, especially with today being the holiday. Or, you know, it's interesting how they change the meaning of words. It used to be Holy Day. It was a day to celebrate something meaningful. And now it's a day to drink beer and eat dead animals. You know, it's like, well, gee, maybe we could declare independence from that and live as something different. So, thank you for taking time out of your precious day to uh, to be with us and uh, and fill the
0: gap. Thank you, Michael. Um, I like the way you woven the themes of the holiday independence um, to getting the freedoms from during and hostility. And okay. You've got- uh, caller with their hand up, if you'd like to um, start with that right away. I don't see Doctor Sim on the switchboard. Uh, if he is there,
2: okay. Well, let's
0: personal, say hello, caller. Sure. This is area code two zero seven. Who do we have on the line?
2: Two zero seven. You're on the air. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Hello, Area Code two oh seven. I hear some noises in the background. It sounds like there might be a bit of a little bit of wind blowing there. Can you hear us? Two mm-hmm. oh seven? I'm listening to you. Hey how are you doing, sir?
3: Well, I, like mean, I, I didn't even push a button and it keep me up. That is amazing, oh, man. That's tough man. Well you must huh? just have
2: something to say, sir. Wow,
3: and it's 1111 on my phone. That's amazing. That's an angel number, but I did not push the one to key in either at all. I'm sitting on the water and uh, on the boat, on a sandbar, people everywhere. It's absolutely beautiful. Manifestation is happening, my
2: friend. Awesome. Well, I'm on the water sitting laying on a raft in the middle of the Powell River in Virginia. Beautiful oh, cool. blue skies with some fluffy white clouds, sunshine peeking through, a little bit of a breeze, is absolutely gorgeous.
3: Wow. I'm just blown away Wait, that I came in with you and I didn't even push a button. Well, welcome. Oh, What's
2: exciting in your world? What's happening?
3: Oh nothing. No, I was just I've been reflecting on the last fourth of July and the difference between this fourth of July and how beautiful life is and like you were saying about you trying fun. to go back to um Living in the past, you're a prisoner to the past, and um, it's just I was reflecting on that, and you made me think about the last 4th of July, and how beautiful this 4th of July is, and it would be nice if the two were combined together, but I guess that doesn't happen, does it?
2: No, no, every moment is a fresh new moment, and, you know, the past is finished and complete, and we can keep our attention there, and lose the opportunity to build an awesome present and receive the gift today, or, you know, we can actually declare independence from the past and live literally, truly as the human beings were designed to live as in the present. And, you know, whenever we're there, there's a gift, there's a present.
3: It's okay to reflect back, though, right, and think about how beautiful that oh, one was yeah. and how beautiful this one is and how beautiful the next Absolutely. one is how much beautiful life gets more and more every day. I'm just blown away. I did not keep putting me in few. i for you. I've been talking about manifestation to a lot of people, and, yeah, I've been talking to people about um, why again and, and the manifestation and what we bring into our lives and how we can make it beautiful in the moment or we can live in the past and be upset and angry about everything or just love what we got right now and keep moving forward. I got my son. Yay. My son came down here to Florida with me. He's staying on the boat with me, and just life is beautiful. Nice.
2: Thank you for everything. What age is your son?
3: He is 19.
2: Oh, nice! What a great yeah,
3: age. Yeah, I never expected this to happen. He's even thinking about moving down here, possibly. Very Living cool.
2: Yeah. Well, nice that you're reestablishing that connection.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's. um beautiful
2: thing. How's Jeannie doing? Cool. Jeannie's well. She's actually got her her dad and mom and her brother and her son and their spouses, and they're driving. I stayed here to do the radio show. I'm down on the farm for the family reunion for the weekend, and they're driving about five miles away where they've still got an old wooden, uh, what they call a swinging bridge. And the river followed some old cow trails I guess and sometimes when the river comes up the road is covered in so they built these swaying bridges that stand about 30 feet in the air, it's about maybe 150, 250 feet wide and that would be how people would access their homes when the river was up so it's kind of wow. you know, a, a, another time in the war, of the world Wow, that sounds really cool We'll
3: see you on August yeah. 1st You can come up with me and we're going to spend those, at least those 10 days and see what happens
2: Cool. Awesome. All right, so well,
3: you have a blessed one. You too, my brother. Love you guys. I
2: okay,
3: hope you
2: take a Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Lots of love. blessings. Bye-bye. All right. Well, our call number, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you or you're in the chat room, our calling number is 646-200-4169. And uh, one of the other aspects of Independence Day uh, that uh, can be really powerful because oftentimes uh, we get together with people that we haven't declared our independence from, you know, siblings, parents, uncles, aunts, cousins, that uh, we still play patterns out from our interaction from that with them from very early times in our lives. And so uh, this can be a good day to practice the tool of forgiveness to get independent of those things. You know, it's a, uh, it's amazing over the years, like, How often, I know that uh, with Jeannie, her family gets together on the family farm every year. Uh, About 20 years ago, her grandfather drowned in the river, which runs through the farm. And the family was concerned that, you know, family members would stop coming back to the farm. So they created a July 4th uh, uh, holiday celebration. And every year, anywhere from... Oh, I think this year is one of the lowest years in 20 years. They've got 68 people at the last count, a few more people still coming in, but 68 people and they have up to 200 uh, on a weekend. And they've got this absolutely beautiful bottom land where there's a, uh, a, um, a bluff on the other side of the river. The river comes around, you float down the river, it takes about an hour, an hour and a half to float down the river. And you get out and it's a two minute walk back into the camp because the river runs in a bend around. I mean, it's just this awesome place. And it's interesting. I have come to this reunion. Ginny and I have been here together 12 years now. And this is probably my fifth out of 12 years where I've come to the reunion. And it's interesting to watch a family system where between 60 and Almost 200 people come together for a weekend in a fairly confined space. It's a big open field where people set up a camp. You know, They set up a fireplace and you know, food tents and all of that. And in the five years I've been coming, and we spend usually anywhere from four to six days on the river, I have not seen a crossword pass between any two family members. In the five years I've been coming to this, and yet I listen to other people and they moan and groan and, oh, my God, i got to go back to my family and, you know, there's going to be fighting and there's going to be alcohol. One of the interesting things is on the river, six years, five years, haven't seen a drop of alcohol. People in this culture don't understand alcohol. They think alcohol is a right and a party thing and a fun thing. It is nothing but a destructive energy to the human mind and human relationships. And, you know, so it might be time to declare independence. If that's one of the things that you think makes for a good time, it might be time to declare independence from alcohol or drugs of any kind and to declare independence from the family member that's always whining or always complaining or always, quote unquote, making you mad, it can be a perfect place to engage in the forgiveness process and declare your independence. Forgiveness is really about becoming free of the influences that are inside of us that cause our pain. But are triggered by the people outside of us. So, in that case, there's kind of a dual declaration that needs to be me made. First of all, if Uncle Charlie has always been able to get my goat, first of all, I declare independence from Uncle Charlie, and then I get rid of my goat so that I don't have that hostility or fear there inside of me for Uncle Charlie to get it resonating or moving in me. So there are two layers of work to do there. One in the external world, and then one, the forgiveness process, and remembering that in this Aramaic language, the word forgive has nothing to do with letting other people off the hook. Because you're in pain, the word forgive is the tool for how you reach inside yourself and free yourself from your pain. And so whatever your circumstances are, if you will dig out and use the tools. And, and you know, I, I don't suggest that anybody believe a word that I'm saying because it all sounds crazy to the normal mind. But here's my promise. If you take that tool and you use it, you will become independent of things that perhaps have run you all your life. And you will realize that from day one it was all an inside job and it's all changeable. So that's what we're here to support. That's what we're here to teach. That's what we're here to learn. You know, I love what Richard Bach said, we teach best that which we most need to learn. Well, here I am still learning about the forgiveness process. And people say, well, gee, Michael, aren't you finished yet? You know, come on, shouldn't shouldn't you be finished by now? Well, when you realize that the things we're talking about declaring independence from are energetic patterns that are energies that are off the mark. You go back to the ancient Aramaic, the genetic language of Aramaic, the teachings of the man named Yeshua, the man popular in order to Jesus, but his name wasn't Jesus. It was Yeshua. You go back to his language, and he said the sins of the fathers are passed, yea, unto three and four generations. Those things which have the tendency from the generations to control your behaviors, to have you react just like dad did, to have you react just like mom did. Look at that word react, to redo an act done on a previous occasion. They're the things that through forgiveness you declare independence from. And then when you realize, you know, if you just sit down and do the math, in a short 30 generations, there are in excess of 1.7 billion people in your bloodline. You know, when you recognize this human operating system has been in development for eons of time and has had input from some awesome, fabulous minds, And from some down-to-earth morons, emotionally stunted, small-minded, rage-filled people are in all of our bloodlines. What we're talking about is opening the veil of your temple. You know, when the ancient teachings, when they said the veil of the temple must be rent in twain, they were not talking about a purple curtain in the church. The veil of the temple is the barrier between the subconscious and the unconscious mind. When you open that, then you see what generational patterns are there. And one by one, piece by piece, you declare independence of those things and you declare independence of them through forgiveness. If you have not accessed the forgiveness process yet, and and by the way, remember that kings don't want you doing this. Kings love the fact that you are run when the stress is up and the chips are down by your hostility and fear, because through your hostility or fear, Kings will make you slaves and control you through your lack of awareness of yourself as a human being, as the active presence of love, anybody and everybody will be able to control you. Declare independence of those things by forgiving them. That is, Substitute the word removal whenever you think about forgiveness. So forgive in the Aramaic is removal. If hostility comes up in this circumstance and you can't help but be hostile, forgiveness will empower you to declare your independence from hostility. If fear comes up in another circumstance and you recognize, gee, that's the fear that I heard about my great-great-grandmother having, forgiveness weakens or removes that frequency, that energy, that pattern literally from your genes and you become independent of it and you create a space where everybody in your bloodline also has a pathway open for becoming independent of those patterns. It truly is an awesome blessing to be able to engage in the tools of forgiveness and to have the opportunity to share them with each other it is absolutely awesome and i'm now my raft is just kind of gently floating down the river very slowly and i'm looking at this about a 15 foot rock bluff it's just layer upon layer of worn rock standing up along the uh the river here it's absolutely beautiful bright bright green with the uh Sunshine filtering through the trees. What a place to do a radio show from. It's awesome. So, Michelle, anything happening in the chat room? We got any guests today? Or is everybody off partying with the Holy, the holy Day?
0: Uh, well, I don't know if some people are partying. Uh, there are some, you know, some, a few people in the chat room and plenty of listeners. I, I did pull up your picture um, you do look relaxed and comfortable, and I notice they don't have any razors in Virginia.
2: We don't have any which?
0: Ray- razors.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little close up. That's true. I haven't been using a razor the last few days. <laughs>
0: so I, I, I know men um, are really into relaxation when, when those are the kind of scruffy pictures. So it's, it's, it looks quite pleasant for you.
2: Yeah, it is, and I just looked up above the bluff, which was right in front of me. I just kind of floated away from it a little bit, and then about 20 feet back from it, there's another bluff about 30 feet high of just solid rock with trees growing on it. It's pretty awesome. And if anybody wants to look at where I am, you can uh, jump on Facebook and uh, look under JM underscore rice, and I just posted it just before the show, so it'll probably be the first post on my page there. If we're not friends, then click a send a a friend request, and uh, we'll get connected. And beyond that, if we can support you in any way in understanding these tools, if you haven't engaged in the forgiveness processes yet, by the way, and, you know, it's interesting how many people find out about it but never use it. And I think the reason why people don't use it is because when you use it, you get to look at things that otherwise you spend most of your time, intelligence, money, and energy hiding from and and keeping out of view where we're doing the opposite. In order to declare independence from it, you've got to become free of it. And to become free of it, you've got to become aware of it. You can't keep it in hiding. You know, I was in Florida, and uh, I just flew up a couple of days ago, and Jeannie was already up here. And uh, I had heard about a movie. This this is just kind of a a funny Way or, or it was kind of a humorous way of reaching the healing place or the space of independence from insanity. And it was interesting. It's a a, a movie called Dean Spangler, and it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, about five times as I'm watching this movie, I'm saying to myself, "What am I doing? Wasting my time watching this?" I mean, it's just crazy. And then the last. 10 minutes of it it's like what an awesome turnaround and what an awesome shift and it's it's a movie about you know a a a man who goes to see his elderly father uh you know every Thursday you know it's like his obligation they're in britain and father's got this stiff upper lip and he never smiles he never has a kind word to say he's about as obstinate and miserable and nasty as he can get and never has a decent word to say about anybody if something terrible like for instance his son was killed in world war 2 and it's like oh well he's dead that's the way it goes and somebody says well we're sorry for your loss he's like it wasn't my loss. My son was the one who died. It wasn't my loss. What, what are you what are you sorry for me for? I mean, he's just plain nasty. And it's kind of interesting. They they end up going to a uh, a lecture by some kind of a Swami, and he's going to talk about reincarnation. And they meet this um, priest, or, or I, I guess they're in England, so I guess it's an English minister. And they meet him at it, and they're kind of reserved and – But he wants to learn more about it, so he ends up uh, introducing himself. He knows who this man is by sight. He introduces himself, and they're cordial, British, you know, stiff upper lip stuff. And he finds out that he likes to drink a particular drink that uh, at one time was only opened by royal decree in whatever country, Hungary or wherever it was. It was the only people who were allowed to drink it were royalty. And so he wants to learn more about what this guy knows about this subject. So he goes out and finds a bottle of it, spends a fortune on it, and invites him to, to dinner. And all this priest does, or this minister does, is start to smell this. And he goes into an altar state and he tar- starts to talk about himself. His life is a dog. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's so stupid. It's like about four times, I almost turned it off. It's just so ridiculous. And this guy goes into this description about being a dog and, you know, how the fleas were and how his master smelled and how he was happy when his master, and on and on and on it goes. And, and then finally the father who's so miserable gets invited to dinner and he begins to talk about his dog And his last happy times were as a child, as a dog. Well, lo and behold, the minister, who's this reserved, you know, 50-ish kind of guy, is describing the same life as the father at 10 years is describing who lost his dog. And now the plot thickens. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it thickens. And despite... Minister is drinking more of this alcohol and going into deeper and deeper states of this dog's life. And the father sits there wide eyed realizing he's describing his life as the father's dog at 10 years of age. And all of a sudden, you know, he has to leave the room. He's kind of, Relieved and delighted, and he steps outside the room and just breaks into a flood of tears. Just this overwhelming grief and loss that happened to him when he was 10 years old and lost his dog. And it's so poignantly done because he then turns around and all of a sudden you hear him having a decent conversation with his son. His son is only allowed to come and visit on Thursday because that's how the stiff upper lip Brits do it. That's what you do. And all of a sudden he's like, well, come over anytime, son.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I
2: love you. And all of a sudden you just see this guy blossom as a human being. And you see him through this, you know, this whole ridiculous play with this guy recounting his life as a dog And this man gets to process and declare his independence from the pain of a 10 year old who lost his only friend. And all of a sudden this guy who's in his probably early eighties, who's been so miserable and just downright nasty to everybody is loving and caring and his human life is restored. It's just, I mean, it was really kind of interesting to watch the turnaround on it. And You see the process of accessing, you see what happens when one is able to access their pain directly and in the presence of love dissolve their pain. And this is precisely what the forgiveness tool does. If you haven't engaged in the use of forgiveness yet, and, you know, you can see in this movie how much pain the father is in, and he has to access this pain in order to get free of it. And all of a sudden, he's this light, airy, happy, friendly, cheerful man after, you know, 80 years of misery. Or 70 since his dog died or was lost. And the dog actually describes how, you know, he ran away with his friend. He describes this other dog that he befriended. And the father had earlier told the son about, yeah, well, you know, there was this not so nice dog. I tried to get rid of him and then he ran away with him and we never saw him again. And he describes how they were running across a farmer's field and he doesn't know. The dog is, this man doesn't know, but he's describing himself. It's a dog running across a farmer's field and he sees the farmer with this implement in his hand and he, the father realizes he's describing a gun and he shoots him and the dog says well I was running across the field and then I wasn't and that's when the father breaks down and realizes that's what happened to his dog when he was a boy of ten and you know when we can access those deep painful moments in the presence of love we become free of those deep painful moments and the forgiveness tool is Precisely how Yeshua 2,000 years ago taught to do that. You can find it freely on our website, www.whyagain.org. And if you go to that website, whyagain.org, again, why in the upper left hand corner, the first word on the page is start. Start here. You click there. Or you'll see a uh, bullseye in the middle of the page. You can click there. It'll open a whole series of links. Here's how you engage in the forgiveness process. Here's how you open the hidden parts of the mind that, while never seen, control most everyone's life. And how, in the presence of love, you access and bring those parts of the mind forward for healing. And that's the whole process of forgiveness from the first century Aramaic language. And so we invite you to go to our website. Uh, you can also, once you get to the website, if you look on the right-hand side, you'll see the social media links. The bottom link is a YouTube link. It's a red and white square. If you click on that, there's an arrow in it. You click on that, it'll take you to our YouTube channel. If you look down the list, you'll see there's a um, a title that says ACIM Dash What Is the World? What Is Forgiveness? And there's an icon with a picture of the world on it. It's a 39-minute video that, in very short period of time, explains to you how the insane mind works and how forgiveness works. Watch that video. It'll be one of the greatest gifts you've ever given yourself. It'll be the best 39 minutes you'll ever spend in your life. So, click the uh, the red uh, red square with a, a, an arrow in it at the bottom of our our um, social media links It'll take you to the to the YouTube channel. And then look down the list. There's an icon of the world, and the title is ACIM-What is the World? What is Forgiveness? Then go back, you know, click back into the YouTube channel, and then look down the list, and you'll see the cover of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And the title of the second video, and it's a 24-minute video, is a YouTube, or pardon me, the title of it is PowerPoint Forgiveness. And the PowerPoint, uh, Bill Costantino, a friend of ours, uh, who's a a corporate trainer and an expert at... uh, powerpoint took our work and we went back and forth for about a year and bill put the whole i mean literally took 30 years of my work and studying aramaic forgiveness and put it into a 24-minute youtube that will change your life so watch those two videos then on the um the bullseye click there it's a whole series of links here's how you access forgiveness here's how you work through that which is less than love and that's what we're here to support you with so and we'd be honored and delighted if you have any questions or thoughts for us, if you're listening, and any of that brings up a question for you. If you hit one on your phone, that'll put you in queue. And Michelle, through the magic of technology, we will see a little hand go up, and she'll introduce you by your area code. Michelle, any conversations yeah, going excellent. on in the chat room, or anybody with a hand up?
0: Yeah, I actually do. Um, first of all, I wanted to... Um acknowledge a client who's listening for the first time. You you know, sometimes you'll say, Bring a bring a stranger to the show. So I, I brought a stranger to the show today and so oh, great. I, I just, um, so somebody stranger than you are or? <laughs> Well, she might think about it sometimes, <laughs> um honestly. Because um she struggles with the idea. Um, you know, she can she can hear when you say about the concepts related to Forgetting the fear and hostility, but there's there's a little skepticism. Like you know, she rolled her eyes when she heard you say, "Being the active presence of love, 24/7, 365 days." Like that seems I, think, I that understand. Kind of inconceivable. But um,
2: I've rolled okay. my eyes on that one too. But here's here's what I'll offer. Here's what I'll offer.
0: Roll right, your I'm eyes and be
2: as skeptical. Be as skeptical as you want. Start doing worksheets and watch what happens. You will come back to me. If you will do those consistently and persistently for 40 days. Now, I won't say that in 40 days that you'll have that down pat 24, seven, 365. but I guarantee you will be living as the presence of love significantly more than you do today. And on significantly, perhaps inconceivable levels. And then in 40 days, we'll have another conversation. Don't believe me. Just try it. It works. That's all. You know, it's, it's like, You don't have to believe a word. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of the process.
0: So we do have a couple hands up and we're gonna start with your code um five four one. You're on the air. Who do we have and where are you calling from? Well hi Michelle, how are you? Hi Julie. Julie (laughs) Hey
2: there,
4: Miss Julie. Welcome. Thank you. You look so relaxed, you know. And I just want to call to your attention. There, that selfie that you took, that picture of you on the river. I think you were just so into yourself, Michael, that you didn't look at the who else is with you there. In the background. Yeah, you know, ba- you know, you just got back from Florida, but something kind of followed you upriver. Uh huh. Did you see the alligator? It's not a purple alligator.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a long swim. <laughs>
4: Oh, it could be my misperception, but there is a log there that looks a little blurred. I, I, I don't Curiously, quite see like the eyes. Curiously, like an alligator. Right? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, I try Julie, to be funny.
0: I, Julie, Julie, you got some brain cells going. Because where are you seeing this? Uh, I I'm just trying. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle, so, yeah, Actually, so anyway. one of the kids. Yeah.
2: One of the kids that was on the river with us. She's five. And she was talking about a log that looked like an alligator. So it's interesting you bring that up. But we had a whole conversation with this five-year-old about building brain cells and how we see things out of brain cells that aren't necessarily there. So it was actually quite an interesting opportunity to start to teach the work to a child of five. It's pretty cool.
4: Isn't that great? The opportunity is bound. You know, Michael, I was listening to your um, the New Beginning um uh, DVD that's from The Course and Miracles, as taught by you, right. And And um, you know, it, it was great to hear it again. And and then it came to me that you know, since listening to you on the show today, the words that Jesus or Yeshua was teaching, you know, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Precisely. And you know, you know, abundantly doesn't mean worldly possessions. It means I'm teaching you how to live in the now where the joy is instead of bringing the past that may be painful to the present where the joy is.
2: Yes, have a human life.
4: Yeah, so.
2: Declare your it's, independence it's, from insanity.
4: It's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um Michelle I hope that your new new person has some sort of background maybe in in some of these um spiritual principles like course of miracles or even maybe some of the teachings in the New Testament um but if not it that it doesn't matter necessarily cuz this has all been transcribed and translated to just be what works regardless of you know any kind of a belief system <laughs>
0: Um not, not so much. And so I think there's um, you know, it's really um building some ground up and um like okay. With the fact that she's doing this is looking to the program and consider it. You know, that well, you yeah. know meet meet someone where they're at.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um I'm a piano teacher, as you know I've mentioned it from time to time. I often prefer students who don't have any um, too much knowledge because then um, they do get to build from the ground up. So it's like she has this clean slate from which to, um, you know, put information and build brain cells. Um, I say clean slate in quotation marks because we don't all have clean slates. We do have our belief systems and our conditioned past, but... um, you know, taking in new information in a, in a clean way that helps to give a new perspective on where we've come from. It's really great. So it sounds like you're choosing good hands and you're attracting wonderful clients.
0: And that's all I have to say. <laughs> Happy. Actually, um, what's interesting is that I started with this client prior to my meeting Michael and doing the work that I've done and and learning the technology and then enough so much that I could pass it on to others, um, like related to the support group or my um, clinical practice. And so it's funny because when I started to shift and – was really excitedly at the beginning talking about love, 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 love and I think she was like, Whoa, wait what happened to you? Where did all this coming from? And and, and <laughs> you know, because because she saw me change and she kind of was like, ah, can we just go back the way it was? Oh, <laughs> uh, so it, it's um you know, she she's definitely coming around, so it's all it's all good. Well oh, that's so sweet. I always had to see me so after sweet. the last no, there's a yes. So just keep on doing the work and keep on modeling it for others, and then we'll all be pulled forward. I think we're all
4: creating a new beginning every day. We can, anyway. We're, we're in the opportunity of that. World. Right, the choice. Mhm. That's
2: um, one of my favorite lessons from the course.
4: Yeah. Well... I bet you're just having a great time there, Michael, because you know what water does. It just sort of rocks you comfortingly into a rhythm That's exactly relaxation. what it's doing. And about a
2: half a dozen other people, about a half a dozen other people from the family just came down to the river and jumped in beside me. So there might be a few voices in the background, and they're probably wondering what the heck I'm doing on this float, talking away on my <laughs> phone.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, well, I bet there's someone else to call or to, you know, for Michelle to get into the queue. So I'll say my goodbyes and have a great day, everyone. All
2: right, blessings. I'm here. Happy
1: Independence Mm -hmm. Day. Thanks.
0: All right, Michael, um, we got
1: the next
5: call.
0: It's area code 808. You are on the
5: line. Who do we have and where are you calling from? I'm calling from Maui, Hawaii, and this is Roma. And uh, Hello, happy, Welcome. happy uh, Independence Day everybody. Yay! Hope you're all having a wonderful time. Yeah, um Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago I called in and shared that I had a bit of a problem using a newborn as the image of of uh of uh Liberated Love because of some things that had happened to me as a newborn both in this life and the most immediate prior life and um Would you
2: like some coaching on that thought?
5: Sure. Well, okay. I, do
2: you think, I I'd like to Do you to, think you're having I, Do you think you're having a challenge? I'm not
5: in the same I'm not there that I'm not in the same place where I was 2 weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um uh, because I've done quite a bit of work since then, um and um I can appreciate a new uh, a new person rolling their eyes <laughs> at at the possibility right. of be able being able to live in love. Um the issue that I was having was abandonment in both those circumstances and um and as I have been working through it I guess the thing, the reason that I probably got in the queue was the vulnerability involved in being um, newborn. I mean, totally vulnerable. And I think that with these tools, we don't need to concern ourselves with that vulnerability because um, if uh, what we would perceive as a problem shows up or a danger shows up, we know how to deal with it.
2: That's true. Being being knows exactly how to handle the energy. I, I think that's one of the most awesome things that we can give a child. I know when my kids were small, one of the things we'd do if they would, say, in terms of the physical, bump and bruise themselves is we would teach them that they were energy systems. They had what looked like a body, but they were actually energy systems. And that if they bumped their hand or cut themselves, they could brush the energy off. And and we used the words with them, normal, healthy. And I watched my son once when he was about five, and he cut, he actually had a hole in his hand. He cut his hand. Mm -hmm. And I watched him wave his hand over it, saying, normal, healthy. Now, this had started to bleed and in front of my eyes, in front of his, his eyes, his hand closed back up again, and oh, wow. there was no cut there.
0: Interesting.
2: I watched him do it and one other time we went to the we were on the road and we went to a beach, and there were uh, what do you call it the what do you call those stickers um, sand spurs mm-hmm. and you know tender little kid 's feet, and his feet were just filled with sand spurs. I don 't if anybody oh has ever tried to get rid of sandspurs, and he would not let us touch them. and He was just screaming, and he he said, just leave me here, just leave me here. So finally, we just closed the door and left him in the room, and about five minutes later, he came out, and all the sandspurs were gone from his feet. Mm -hmm. So there's there's more under heaven and earth than we've ever imagined when we let ourselves (laughs) open to it. But certainly, the vulnerability that 's a good point. there is a mm-hmm. uh, a big space for that, and then being knows how to handle it all
5: and, and then there so, really is a veil between the lifetimes I think uh, because I notice that I have a tendency to forget about the earlier experience of abandonment, which has planted the seed for the repetitive experiences of abandonment in this lifetime. And I sometimes I, I literally forget that, that that was the precedent, and it, it does appear to me that I am moving into, when I go back to another lifetime, it appears that I am moving into a different part of my conscious brain or something. I don't... Ad, ad, Can can you say anything about that?
2: Well, my take would be that, you know, we can put awareness wherever we choose. You know, there's some interesting Harvard research that says in the time frame where 10,000 brain cells are firing, the max amount of information that goes into conscious awareness is 9 bits. Well, if I become proficient at directing that awareness if nine bits out of 10,000 is all I see, I sure do have a lot of nine bit pieces I can take my awareness to and direct it to. When you think about 10,000 brain cells firing, that's, that was like the electrical measurements in the brain and just nine bits and the conscious space was filled. Mm -hmm. And what forgiveness does is collapses what's in that nine bits and gives us the opportunity to select different information. So there's,
5: you know, so pretty much an unlimited amount bits.
2: of uh, of awareness we can go to.
5: Will it still just be the supposed nine bits? Only different, different bits. Well, I think there
2: are two things that happen.
5: Or, we or can, do, you sur- we can, do you do you find yourself submerged in the ten thousand? <sighs> what
2: my experience is is mm-hmm. that when I can let myself go. I can be in awareness of infinite amounts of experience beyond the nine bits. Right. Okay. But my experience, at least so far, has been that I'm limited in bringing that back into conscious awareness. I can, I can have awareness of it, but then when I want to bring it into my mind, there's only so much room for it. And I can remember some instances where it was like trying to fit an 8-foot 2x4 in the 8 inches between my ears. It just wouldn't go. <laughs> I could hold awareness of that other, couldn't get it all into my brain, and I didn't have really? words to talk about it.
5: Yeah, One of the right. things
2: I've done over the years is kind of taught my mind how to talk about it so that I can make uh-huh. you know more logical reference uh, for people right. who don't have that yeah. experience and help open the gate for that experience.
5: That's one of the things that's interesting about consciousness is that we have awareness. And then somehow through having a brain also, we can take that awareness and siphon it through the brain and come out with words. And
2: color it and make it all sorts of things. It never was.
5: (laughs) And communicate it. That's the amazing miracle that's involved is to be able to actually be able to communicate experience through words that perhaps people have no idea that things like this could be spoken about. I think that I really learned by amazing. being a minister in a church. You know, I was standing up every Sunday. My job was to talk about an experience of a presence. So I think, um, you know, I think I I, I, I got a, uh, a good, um, <laughs> you know, I got into a boat, and it's taking me down an interesting river, um, so to speak. Well, Well, there's there's
2: an interesting, in the introduction to The Course in Miracles, you see where Mm -hmm. it talks about um, the the idea that a universal theology is impossible, Mm -hmm. but a universal experience is not only possible, but necessary. And the Course just says that it's one of the forms... Of achieving the experience, of explaining, giving people the tools. It, it does not proclaim in any way, shape, or form that one word in the book is true. It just says, here's a set of practices. If you engage in it, you'll have the universal experiences. And you know, I would go so and, far
5: as to say, I would venture that no living being has, doesn't have an experience of that presence. You know, and I'm talking beyond humans. Uh, I mean, every living being has an awareness of that presence i would i i would i would venture to say that of course i don't well maybe i know through my past experience but um uh, and of yeah. course
2: the mind uh-huh. can cover it up in a hurry And that's why the forgiveness tool is so important. So you get to be independent of all of that and return to the truth of who you are as a human being, as love. And
5: And be right here, right now. Anytime
2: somebody forgets about that, I just suggest go hold a newborn, spend some time with a newborn, get reminded of what the actual presence of love is, and then talk to me.
5: I like the fact that you use human being as the goal. You know, especially compared to Buddhism. (laughs) It's, it's where we
2: need to, to uh, you know, we we talk about on Wednesdays, Recovery Wednesday. It's what we need to recover. It's what we need to declare our independence from is the insanity so we actually get to function as humans. It's a cool thing. Yeah,
5: Which really we haven't experienced. Pro- we probably have experienced only a fraction of that so far, being yeah. human.
2: There's an interesting, and we're down to just a minute, a couple of minutes, but there's an interesting scene that that I'm reminded of in uh, the movie, uh, The Passion of the Christ, That uh, I thought they just captured so powerfully. They show Yeshua being just, you know, shred and tortured. And I mean, it's horrific. and, And they show several shots of his mother trying to approach him. And she just can't do it. It's just she's got too much pain inside of her. And there's one particularly powerful scene where he falls under this heavy cross and I mean it's obvious, it's a very graphic you know, this hurts physically. And she sees that she's trying to approach him and she sees that happen and she turns away. And I thought Mel Gibson captured this so beautifully and you know, put it in context of the movie I was talking about a few minutes ago. She turns away and you see her flash back to Yeshua as a child falling and hurting himself and she processes that and then she's able to go to him and he says behold mother I make all things new he's like I'm not buying this I'm not lost in this excuse me I'm in this world hey man this is pretty heavy duty stuff but he doesn't running my life I transform this and we're each capable of that kind of empowered transformation and that's what he came to teach us to do so, cool. well thank
5: you for for helping us with with this whole process and for providing the tool uh, that you have and um evolved over the course of all these years, Michael. Thank you very much.
2: Absolutely delighted to be on the team, and we're down to the last few seconds. So I'm going to say, everybody, once again, declare independence from all forms of hostility or fear for all of eternity, function as a human being, and when you do that, you'll create the best year yet of your eternal life, and it's an awesome gift to give the world. I join you
0: in giving yourself
2: and the world that gift. No, go ahead. That's cool. (laughs) Play it. (laughs) Aloha. Aloha. Go ahead, Michelle, play that
0: outro.
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal aromatic process of forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.